Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Well, usually I begin with good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. So I cover my bases on whenever you're listening to the podcast. This week, I will start with happy Thanksgiving. Hope and pray it was a good day. Hope and pray you're having a good week and weekend. And just hope and pray that we are counted among the thankful, the grateful. We are grateful, thankful people for God's grace and mercy and love and uh, on and on and on. Amen. So exciting news before we jump into the podcast. I had a Zoom meeting with my publisher right before uh, uh, recording this podcast, and we hit the publish button on the book. So the person in the power, 52-week devotional, seven-day-a-week Bible study, and 52 uh, with access to 52 videos, a video for each of the devotions. As we look through the book of Acts um, to cultivate intimacy with the Holy Spirit, but also to experience activity. So person, intimacy, power, activity. And we should experience uh, both the power and cultivate intimacy every day of our lives with the very person of the Trinity who lives within us. Uh, The third person of God lives within us. So uh, excited about that. Uh, Still surreal, still very surreal. Um, It should be ready to order Maybe, depending on when you've listened to this, it'll be on Kindle. Uh, could be ready to order on, on Amazon is how you'll order it. But it could be ready to actually be uh, uploaded, downloaded, whatever loaded you have to do with Kindle. But it could be ready on, like for Kindle even this weekend. And then orders for books will start. Uh, we'll probably order a bulk here uh, for those local And then you're free to order whenever you want, probably after this weekend. So uh, exciting news and, again, surreal. It really is surreal. And I appreciate all the support and all the confidence boosters that so many of you have given me. Like, can't wait and and, uh, excited about it. Uh, It it is exciting because it's the first, I think, of several. I've got two books, two more books that are already percolating. I've got um, almost half a book done that maybe coming out by next uh, Pentecost, next May. And then we'll see what happens after that. So again, thank you for all your support and appreciate it so, so deeply. I I just really do. The heart, the heart, the heart of this pastor, of this person, of your friend, of your brother, of of just uh, uh, of, of who you know as Pastor Tim, is people just know the, the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. I just, I, the... The, the blurb on the back of the book jacket talks about trying to start a lawnmower with no gas. So this is now, we're not talking a riding lawnmower. We're talking a good old push mower. And so you grab that lawnmower, you grab the starter cord and grab it by the handle and just yank, yank, yank. I mean, to keep on the yanking, I mean, until sweat is dripping off you. Only to realize there's no gas. But then here's the crazy part. You keep yanking. So now you know it's out of gas, and you keep yanking that starter cord as if some magic is going to happen, and it's going to start without gasoline, without fuel. 
That's our Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Our Christian life without the Holy Spirit is trying to start a lawnmower with no gas. Not only do you not get the grass cut, but it is utter frustration. And I think, uh, I think I can speak to that because I've lived both of those lives. I lived a life without the Holy Spirit, and now I'm living life with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make all bad things, hard things go away, but it sure does uh, bring peace and hope and a real sense of uh, personhood into your life, that the very person of God is dwelling within you, guiding you, giving you discernment, equipping you with gifts and graces, and so Anyway, that is the reason for podcasts and books and really a lot of my teaching and preaching. So, all right, enough of that. We are going to jump into, uh, guess what? Uh, We're going to talk about finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And we've been the last few, uh, probably three weeks, maybe, um, three, four weeks, maybe. We have been in the book of Genesis, right? And guess what? We finally get to stay in the book of Genesis. We're going to be one more time, maybe one more time in the book of Genesis. This is fun. Now we're going to go several chapters. We're going to flip through several chapters. I think uh, we made it all the way to chapter eight last week, I think, with the dove and the raven and all that. So now we're going to jump into uh, uh, Genesis and we're going to jump meet me there in chapter 41, chapter 41 of Genesis. All right, let's pray and we get we get started. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We are thankful people. We are grateful, not just for turkey and football and for a holiday, for a long weekend. That's so, so, so superficial. We are grateful, and not even for our blessings. I think that's actually a little, I mean, that's still superficial. We are thankful for the person of God, the, the persons of God, the, the three, uh, the, 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 the Godhead, the three persons that make up our God. And I know that's crazy to even sound out and hear, but Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, one God, the Trinity, we are grateful for all that that means in our lives, salvation and comfort and uh, the creative power and, and being able to be endued and empowered and equipped with all that we need for this Christian living, this Christian journey. We are grateful people indeed for the blood of uh, of Jesus Christ that takes us from sinnerhood to sainthood. I, I I know we'll be talking more about that in the weeks to come, Lord. But I know that is deep and heavy on my heart because if we still think we if we still think us to be sinners, we have totally failed in understanding the work of the cross and our identity. You did not just come to save us from a few bad habits called sin. You came to remove a dark blot of sin stain that forever and permanently uh, blotted out any hope of redemption until the blood of Jesus was poured out. So, uh, And then it changed our whole identity. So we ask and pray that we uh, are just reminded this week, uh, this, uh, this weekend, this Thanksgiving season, how grateful and thankful we are, not for things, but for who we are and because of who you are. So we thank you for this book of Genesis. We thank you for finding your spirit all throughout the scriptures, all throughout. And we just thank you for this podcast today as we dive in to uh, understand more and more and to cultivate more and more a deep and profound relationship with a person 
and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, of a living and loving God. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. So there's this wacky dream Pharaoh is having, right? In Genesis 41, it's a dream of cows, seven cows, uh, skinny and gaunt, you know, uh, and and just uh, seven cows, fat and sleek, and um, the skinny, ugly cows are eating the seven fat cows. You remember the dream, right? Genesis 41. I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you. But you remember what happened before. You got to go back and, and, and you know, context, context, context is everything. Amen. Uh, so much of really poor Bible studies. Uh, so much of really shoddy hermeneutics. Uh, hermeneutics is just the study, the, the, the deep study of Scripture uh, and, and using Scripture. Honestly, it's using Scripture to study Scripture. And so some of that shoddiness that I see in our culture today is we just don't know the context. We pull out the Jeremiah 29, and say, God has a plan and it's good. And yes, he's good, but your future might really be uh, kind of hard. And, uh, and you have to understand the whole context of that, right? So all of that. So context is everything. So when we go back to Genesis 40, you see um, Joseph, right, uh, in, the, in the prison. Uh, Joseph has been sold into slavery by the brothers, jealousy, da 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 And so this whole chapter sets up what we're going to talk about. So again, we don't have the time to read through Genesis 40, but I just encourage you to read Genesis 40 before you really jump into verse 41. So you can even pause this. If you have a chance, if you're traveling and, and you like to listen to this whole 25 minutes all in one whack, that's fine. But I do encourage you at some point, read and dive into Genesis 40, Genesis 41. You got the two dreams. Uh, you've got the, uh, the the chief baker and the chief butler, uh, or the cupbearer. The butler was the cupbearer. The baker, well, he's the baker. And so they're in the prison. Uh, and this is because Pharaoh is fickled. And Pharaoh gets mad and throws you in the prison. He's okay with you. He brings you out. He promotes you. He executes you. You know. So that's the life of the people under in Pharaoh's court at the time. And so uh, and and same with Joseph. You know, Joseph had everything he needed as the um, as as uh, working for Potiphar and and uh, and then of course Potiphar's wife uh, entices him and he does the integrous thing flees he runs he flees a run run and um, and then of course he runs right into prison and so after many years um, then he's uh, he's in this prison with these uh, um, uh, with the baker. And he's promoted, of course. God's favor is still upon him. God's favor is still upon you, even if you're suffering. And that's hard. That's hard, hard, hard to understand. But God's favor is not that you're free of suffering. God's favor is that you can go through suffering still with hope and still with uh, pointing people to God's glory and God's uh, God's very presence. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, so here's these dreams, right? And I won't, we won't go into it, but who interpreted the dreams? That's right. Joseph. Joseph interpreted the dreams. And um, I love this passage, going back to verse chapter 40, um, verse 8, all right? Now, I will say, I, 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 like, I like a lot of different translations. Um, I like the, um, uh, I preach from the New Living Translation because it's, a, it's, a, it's easy to understand. Uh, I want to say five, six, seven of the editors on that panel uh, for the translation were connected with or professors that I actually had at Asbury Theological Seminary 20-some years ago. And so I trust them, and, and they, they're rock-solid and, and biblically orthodox and sound. So, But I also do uh, use a lot of other ones. I, I love the Message Bible. I've, uh, I met Eugene Peterson years and years ago and love the heart of the Message Bible. 
Uh, I use the voice from time to time, the NRSV for Bible study. I do use the NIV. Um, a, a friend of mine, uh, she just pointed out, the N, reminded me the NASB uh, is, uh, is one of the best ones for a real literal translation from Greek to Hebrew. So I use a lot of different ones. So unfortunately, I could not use the NLT for this podcast. I had to go into the New King James Version. Because sometimes, and this is why language is so important. Yeah, just encourage it. Dig in. Do some word studies, Greek and Hebrew. Don't be afraid. There's, simp- there's too many tools out there, too many resources out there today to keep you or me from doing just simple Greek and Hebrew word studies that just open up the Bible. Truly, they just, you'll, you'll literally, I don't know how many times. I mean, I took Greek in, in, in seminary and Hebrew in seminary, aced them both. And I've used them so many times since then to just for my own personal edification, my own personal enjoyment, and my own personal light illumination moment. The light bulb literally coming off, uh, going off over my head like, aha, oh my gosh, you know, onion peeling, onion peeling moments. I've, I've never had as many onion peeling moments of revelation than when I go into the original language of Greek and Hebrew. So encourage you to do that. The New Living, or the, uh, the, the uh, New King James Version is closest that I have found to for this point and purpose for the, the words that we're going to look at today. All right. So in the New King James Version, chapter 40, verse 8, Genesis 40, verse 8, and they, the cupbearer uh, and, uh, and the baker, said to him, Joseph, we each have a dream and there is no interpreter of it. Look at this. So Joseph said to him, do not all interpretations belong to God. Really key principle here uh, sets it up, right? Uh, there's a lot of woo, a lot of websites out there that talk about how to interpret dreams and dream language and all that. Be careful. Um, interesting. Um, I'll tell you this story here real quick. But um, years ago, sitting here at the church office uh, here at Fremont Chapel, a young man, probably 15, 16 years old, came in out to office and said, Pastor Tim, can I, can I tell you a dream I had? Kind of crazy. I said, sure. Now, at that point, I had knew, knew nothing of anything about the gift of dreams or the gift of interpretation of dreams. Crazy. No, no kidding. True story. He's telling me the dream. I cut him off in the middle of the dream and say, hang on, can I finish the dream for you? And he looked at me like I had six, you know, seven heads or six heads. And he said, yeah, I finished the dream. Friends, I finished his dream. His mouth hung open. He said, how did you know that? Not only did I finish the dream, I gave him the interpretation right there and then. I have come to realize that I have a gift at times of dream interpretation. I didn't pray for it, didn't necessarily, but I've had several people come to me with dreams and say, what do you think? And I haven't interpreted every single dream, but I do know that when it comes quickly, I mean like almost immediately, that's of the Lord usually. And so um, it's crazy because this, and guess who does that? All interpretation belongs to God. Specifically, we will see the Spirit of God. Hmm. All right, jump into verse 41 now, or chapter 41, and uh, t- for our kind of our key, uh, some of the key teachings here. So, um, so Pharaoh has this wacky dream, right? And look at, look at verse 8 again of, four, of chapter 41. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit, this is Pharaoh, Pharaoh's spirit was troubled. He sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all of its wise men, and Pharaoh told them his, his dreams. But there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. So why? 
Why couldn't they all enter? Why couldn't any of them, magicians? Remember, magicians in Pharaoh's court later on in, in Exodus, we'll find out what? That the magicians in Pharaoh's court could do what? Some, they could duplicate some of the miracles that uh, Moses and Aaron were empowered and endued by the Spirit of God to do. But they couldn't do all of them. Interestingly, gnats or tripped them, right? The gnats. Was it, I think it was plague four. Uh, but whatever plague it was, the, the, it was gnats. And what we see specifically is there's a, there's a language in, the, in, in, in Exodus that says uh, the gnats were created from dust. Well, guess who's the only one who can create anything? Bingo. The creator. Satan cannot create. He is not omnipotent. He is not all-powerful. He's powerful, but he's not all-powerful at all. Uh, he is just an angel. He's a fallen angel. He's an archangel. And he has great power, especially to deceive, especially to manipulate our thinking and, and, and deceive our hearts. But, but here we see him tripped up because he is not the creator. Only God is, is creator. So only God can interpret dreams, truly interpret dreams. Uh, we can try in every other way, but this is so important because there is no one else who can interpret them. It sets the, it sets the door wide open now for, for Joseph, right? But understand the principle. There's two principles here. One goes back to verse uh, chapter 40. Uh, when, when Joseph said, doesn't all dreams, doesn't all interpretation come from God? So he sets the principle, all of those, those supernatural gifts, all of those. So we don't have to even go into 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. We might if we have time today, and we'll certainly come back and visit it later on. But 1 Corinthians 12, this beautiful passage about the gifts, right? Um, uh, and, and we'll go there right now. In fact, just really quick here, it says, uh, and I'm reading now from the NIV, and this is 1 Corinthians 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that you were pagan. Somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to, to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one who can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now pay attention to verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Look who gives us gifts, the Spirit of God, uh, Panuma. Uh, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, uh, but there are all, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Verse 7, now to each one, the manifestation uh, of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that same one Spirit. That one same Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. They're supernatural. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits at the sermon. Um, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit as He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So we see 1 Corinthians 12, the principle, we see that already in Genesis 40 and Genesis 41. That makes sense? Now pay attention to the other principle here, even in verse 8. we got one more verse to look at here in just a few minutes. It came to pass in the morning, his spirit was troubled. This is why we want to do the King James, the New King James Version. The New Living Translation, unfortunately, says his mind was troubled. Well, it's not, that's, not the defi- that's not the word. You look into the Hebrew, and that actually says his ruach. Remember, we've been looking at ruach the last several weeks. His ruach. Now, in Hebrew, ruach hakadosh is, is, the, is the spirit of holy, or holy spirit. Ruach hakadosh. So, this is simply spirit of man. Spirit of Adam, a spirit. So this is another principle that speaks to, once again, in Corinthians uh, and throughout Scripture. 
Spirit speaks to spirit. We can only understand the things of the spirit if we have the spirit of God. We cannot understand. No one can understand the things of the spirit unless they are filled with the spirit. And the spirit speaks to spirit. Spirit fills spirit. The spirit doesn't fill flesh. The spirit doesn't come and fill your heart. The spirit doesn't come and fill your mind. Now, can the spirit influence your mind? Sure, the mind of Christ, right? Can the can the spirit give you a new heart? Uh, Ezekiel, new heart, but notice it says the new heart and a new spirit, right? In Ezekiel, so all and in Jeremiah as well. So all this to say, make sure you understand that spirit speaks to spirit, and this is that principle: spirit speaks to spirit. So Pharaoh's spirit, uh, Ruach, is troubled, but now we're going to see the Holy Spirit make uh, come to center stage. So um, they call uh, Joseph. Joseph comes in. Read chapter forty-one. He interprets. He interprets the dream. And then he gives not only the interpretation of the dream, so I say strategy, the strategy of the dream. So the interpretation of the dream is never meant for just simply dream's sake, okay? There's also usually a strategy, and we'll talk more about dreams here probably as we go on, just don't have the time. Uh, I've learned a lot in, in, in how the Lord has used me to interpret dreams. Some are warning dreams, some are edification dreams, encouraging dreams, some are prophetic dreams. Um, but but again, uh, but there's a lot of different reasons for dreams. But all of them are to build up the kingdom of God somehow. All of them are to edify uh, the body of Christ. Look at verse 37 and 38 in chapter 41. So the advice from Joseph to Pharaoh and his court was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. Listen to verse 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKadosh. There, there we are. We find the Holy Spirit clearly taking center stage in Genesis 41, verse 38. Can we find a person? Can we find anyone where there is such a Spirit of God? Don't you, come on, don't you want that set of you? Seriously, I'm asking, don't you want that set of you? I mean, after having a conversation with someone, bringing peace and order to chaos, speaking discerning words, encouraging words, revelation words, interpreting scripture, interpreting things, don't you, don't you want someone to say, exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22, 23, don't you want someone to say, man, after leaving your presence, don't you want someone to say, man, has, is there anyone with more of the Spirit of God? I, I think it's right and good to want that. I pray that you would want that. Oh, my goodness gracious. And you know what happens. Pharaoh says to Joseph in verse 39, And as much as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning. Okay, why discerning? Holy Spirit. There's no one as wise. Why wise? Because of the Holy Spirit. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Wow! I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Come on. All right, so there's that incredible, beautiful story. And, uh, and, and we'd be remiss if we didn't kind of point you to something about dreams here uh, a little later on uh, in Scripture. So we go now to Joel. We'll finish with Joel and Acts. You probably know where I'm going. Why does he say this? Pay attention. Look at this. Uh, so uh, I'll just go right to Acts and we'll quote Joel, right? Um, so Acts 2, verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you this. 
Let me tell you what's happening. This is right after Pentecost. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk. They were, you know, you know the story. They were accusing all these people speaking, 120 people speaking in different languages uh, as being drunk at 9 in the morning. Uh, as you suppose. Because, he said, it's only 9 in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel 2, 28-32. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Ruach. On all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Wow. Now, I will tell you, I, I'm almost 60 years old. I've rarely, rarely used to dream. In the last six months or so, man, I dream all the time. So I guess that means I'm getting older. Ugh. Anyway, so all I know is this. I used to have a lot of visions, still have some visions. Now I have a lot of dreams. I don't know what those mean all the time. I also believe God's given me the gift by the power of the Holy Spirit to interpret dreams. My point is this. Dreams are not just some weird, wacky thing that you find in... Genesis 40 and 41. Uh, it's not something that you just simply read about and be puzzled about in Daniel, all his dreams, right? It's not weird stuff that you read in the Old Testament. For whatever reason, the Holy Spirit has given his people the supernatural way of listening to God. When, you, when might you listen to God best? Maybe when you're quiet and when you're still. Maybe when you're sleeping. See, God never sleeps in our slumbers. Could he not give you a dream? I want to encourage you. Pay attention to your dreams. Pay attention to the Ruach HaKadosh. And let God do some supernatural work in your life. Let God really... Let, I pray that you experience His supernatural activity. I don't... There could have been any way that Joel... Joel could have explained the coming of Pentecost in any way that God led him. Peter could have addressed this crowd in any way. But he quoted from Joel. And in that quote, there's mention of dreams. Hmm. So I pray that you will allow yourself to be open to the Ruach HaKadosh as he maybe brings dreams, maybe interpretation of dreams. Allow yourself to be open to his work and activity in your life. Amen? Be blessed. Hope to talk to you next week. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.